Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to The Lucy Lou Show again. I hope you're enjoying every millisecond of this fabulous day, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Today, we're talking all about magnetic thought leadership. In recent years, we're hearing this phrase a lot. So-and-so is the thought leader in this subject matter. Subject matter authority allows you to command premium prices for your product, service, or speaking. It shortens your sales cycle because your reputation precedes you, and it will make your marketing effortless. My guest today is Eva Janata, who is a thought leadership advisor and strategist, helping women leaders amplify their influence and expand their wealth and power. We're going to talk about why thought leadership is important, what kind of content you should be producing as a credible thought leader. And we're going to talk about the five pillars of magnetic thought leadership. So be ready to take some notes. This is a good one. Enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the show, Eva. Thanks, Lucy. So who is considered a thought leader? Mm, What a question, right? Because thought leader is one of those terms that we hear a lot in business and entrepreneurship and it's not, but it's not like there's some governing body that determines who gets to be one, who doesn't. So for me, a thought leader is someone who is regularly producing content, whether that be articles, a podcast, videos, whatever medium is kind of up to the the thought leader themselves, but they're really putting their ideas out there. They're pushing the envelope with their thinking. They're putting a stake in the ground with their opinion, and they're really providing a value to their audience. So whether that's an insight or a connection or a process or a mindset that their audience can really benefit from, they're putting that out there in a consistent way to be of service to their audience. So why is becoming a thought leader important? You know, in we're in the knowledge economy, quote unquote, where a lot of what entrepreneurs, service providers are providing, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant or whatever kind of service you provide, you are, you know, it's, it's about what you know, what you're an expert in, what you have experienced that you can provide to your client that, you know, it's not their expertise or their experience. And so you're delivering this value to them and how else are they going to know that you do that and that you can help and support them if you're not letting them know by publishing thought leadership, by putting yourself out there about what you do to make that connection with them and let them know that you can help them with what you are an expert in. So can someone become a thought leader if they're just very new in their business? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think, you know, with a lot of identities, you know, expert or thought leader, or even the, even the word professional, there's like this, it's not like you kind of cross a finish line. And so there's sort of this continuum maybe of like, when, when you set foot off of, you know, university, or when you first, if you didn't go to university, you first get your, you know, get your first job. Maybe you're not an expert 
in that job on the first day or the first week, but you are always an expert in your experience, whatever that might be, whether it's, you know, whatever your background is and what you've done throughout your whole life. And so I think when it comes to kind of identifying yourself as a thought leader, no, I mean, I guess you could wait until someone bestows that label upon you. But I think typically what thought leaders do is we really dedicate ourselves to consistently producing content about what we believe and think and know to be true, consistently doing the work, showing up, challenging ourselves. And in the process of doing so, we are we are thought leading, we are developing our thinking. And when you start a business, you still have, you know, you're not, a, you weren't born yesterday, right? You still have experience and insight and wisdom you can provide. And so when it feels kind of comfortable or appropriate for you to claim that title, that's kind of up to everyone to determine for themselves. But I think more important than like maybe thinking of yourself as a thought leader is the practice, the commitment of performing as a thought, like performing thought leadership. Like I think of it as a lifestyle, not sort of like a hat that you can put on. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's about taking action and acting as that version of you, right? Precisely. I love how you put that, Lucy. You talked about putting out content. What type of content do you feel qualifies as the best content to boost your credibility as a thought leader? Yeah, I think that there's kind of two answers to this question. So one is, I think the most magnetic and compelling thought leadership that you might consume as a, you know, you may read or listen to or watch. There's a lot of like love and energy and purpose and just meaning put into that by the creator that when it's, when it's that kind of like richness in, in thought leadership, that's when it's most magnetic. And so from that perspective, the answer is, you know, what's the best kind to produce? It has to be something that you care about. You know, I think you're not going to be a very magnetic thought leader if you're trying to thought lead around something that just doesn't interest you very much, or you don't feel very like emotionally connected to or passionate about. So I think one way to answer that question is to really be intuitive to yourself of like, what draws your interest? You know, maybe What makes you angry about your industry? What do you think could be better? What do you think we should do more of? These kind of asking yourself these sort of questions that get at your emotions is a really powerful way to consider what topics or what perspective or insights you want to provide as a thought leader. And I think the other side is just always making sure the thought leadership you're producing is that you're reminding your reader where you're coming from. You're reminding your reader, this is, you know, this is what I do. These are the services that I offer. This is the experience that I have. This is a story I can tell about my experience or a client's or a customer's experience. And, you know, if you're a thought, if you, if you provide services, if you're like, you know, a business coach, it might not make sense for you to thought, like publish all your thought leadership about like recipes, you know, that was, would be totally different topics that wouldn't make sense together unless your kind of angle as a thought leader is to use cooking and recipes as a metaphor for the kind of business coach that you are. So I think kind of marrying what you feel strongly about and then what you do and how you help people is the best way to use thought leadership to build your credibility and build your audience and authority. Love that. I know you also talk about a lot of pillars that drive thought leadership. Can you give us a fundamental little breakdown of those pillars, please? Yeah. So I uh, talk about five pillars of magnetic thought leadership. And the first one, which is often where I like to spend, you know, they're kind of in order of importance. Uh, And the first one is uniqueness, having your thought leadership be unique. And I like to kind of spend time on this one because 
I think the idea of making sure our thought leadership is unique is where a lot of entrepreneurs can get kind of stuck. We might stall ourselves because we might feel like, well, I don't know if this is an original idea. Like maybe someone else has already said this. And then we start kind of second guessing our, you know, those things that we feel strongly about. And we think like, this might be superficial. What if nobody likes this? What if people think I'm wrong? What if, what if, what if, and we kind of block our own, the development of our own thinking. And so what I like to say, when I talk about unique, it's not that you need to have a brand new, never before seen or heard of idea. Rather uniqueness is, you know, how are you bringing your unique self, like your personality and your quirks, maybe the kind of language that you like to do to use, or, you know, a story from your experience or a connection that you've made between, you know, your cooking hobby and your business coaching program. That is the pillar of uniqueness is it's just bringing yourself to your thought leadership rather than trying to be super professional or really heavily edit the way you sound. You're bringing yourself to bear on these ideas. And that I think is more compelling and effective than trying to come up with a quote unquote brand new idea. So that's the first pillar. And there are four more. Do you want to talk about all of them or do you want to just keep it there? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So another one that's really important is trust. And trust is interesting because, you know, we talk, I've talked a couple of times now about like consistency and really like showing up with your thought leadership over and over. And that action in and of itself is how you build trust, right? Is like by, by not being a flake basically, but there's also things you can do in each individual piece of your thought leadership to establish trust. And some examples are, you know, citing sources like studies or research that support the position you're taking on an issue. Also quoting people or even telling stories that really illustrate your point are other ways to connect with your audience in a way that builds trust. So that's another one. A third is relevance. And I used to be kind of, I used to misunderstand the pillar of relevance. I thought it meant like like timely, you know, like something that was in the news or something that was going on in the world. But really the way to bring relevance to your thought leadership is to think about how you can build a bridge between what your perspective is and where your potential client or customer audience member is. So you're really building a connection from the point that you want to make to their experience. And so what I love about relevance is it, it it calls for a lot of empathy and it calls for like just being sensitive to where other people are and what they might be experiencing and how you can make a connection for them and make this point that you're making really clear and and helpful for them no matter where they are kind of in their journey. Any questions so far from you, Lucy? No, those are all really great pillars. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And so concise is another one that I think is interesting and like that means like short, but more, more broadly than just like, it would be too kind of gen- too much of a generalization to say that your thought leadership should always be short because sometimes to really go into detail about something and to develop an idea, you need to spend a little bit more time. But what I mean by the pillar of concise is how can you kind of put your thought leadership in, in the, in a format that makes it easy for people to understand. So that kind of covers formatting. If you're doing writing, like how can you format your thought leadership in a way that's really, people can really um, take it in easily and understand it easily. Or if you're podcasting or doing videos, how can you kind of organize your thoughts in a way that they're really easy for people to follow And you are, yeah, like just helping people digest the information in a way that they don't have to work too hard, right? Like 
I think, you know, sometimes thought leadership might be a little bit more academic or like detailed or, you know, using language that's really specific to your industry. But I think it's also important to remember when you think about like having your thought leadership be really magnetic is to you're trying to serve people with it. And so you want it to be in a form that people can really grasp. So that's the fourth. And so we've talked about unique, trustworthy, relevant, and concise. And the fifth is futuristic and which sounds maybe a little bit like sci-fi, but what I mean by futuristic is, you know, with your thought leadership, you're, you're being of service to your audience and part of that is you have this perspective and you have this, this wealth of experience in your industry and your audience doesn't have that. And so you can really provide a service to your audience by making predictions, forecasting what's coming, trying to explain why things are the way they are and really kind of offering them like a guiding hand toward what's coming. Another way to think about futuristic is sort of visionary. Like what kind of are you envisioning in the future of your industry, in in their future that you can help them see come to pass. And so when I think about, you know, these five pillars and then futuristic being one of them, it's like part of your role as a thought leader is to kind of build this world that people can be a part of, you know, and that could be, that's kind of like your world, the world that you're building as a business and a brand, but also as a leader in your industry, where do you want to see your industry go? What do you want to be different in the future? What trends can you see coming down the pike that you might even be able to influence or kind of help your audience to take advantage of? And it's funny, studies have shown that human beings are actually very terrible at predicting the future you know, from Nostradamus to whomever else, like we're just, we're just, we're not terribly good. Even experts aren't always good at making accurate predictions, but I think kind of counterintuitively, it's less important to be right than it is to be helpful. And so if you have a perspective about the future in your industry or about what things could change and how that could impact people, and you help folks make decisions about that using your expertise, you know, what comes to pass will come to pass. Certainly nobody or very few people predicted a global pandemic in 2020, for example, but we are still all able to use our expertise and help our audience understand what's coming and be best prepared for that. Mm, Thank you so much for your knowledge. So I believe that being a thought leader will help you stand out with opportunities. Can you give us some examples of how your clients use thought leadership to grow their business? Yeah, absolutely. So a specific example. So I'll take the example of my client, Selena Resvani. So she's a leadership speaker and she's written a couple of books. And something she's said to me often is that she wishes there were more like kind of lighthearted and really positively helpful content out there for people who want to be more confident. And so she had this idea, like, what if I started publishing a newsletter every week where I gave tips about how to be more confident, really practical tips that people can use in to do mindset shifts, to be more confident in their relationships. And what I love about sharing Selena's story is she confessed to me at first that she was really kind of nervous about doing this. She explained, you know, what if people think it's kind of it's superficial or what if they think it's like not that helpful or what if they think it's like just too lighthearted or not serious enough and 
she was concerned about that, but she listened to her, you know, this desire that she had to, to help in this way and to have more of this kind of content out there. And so she started publishing a weekly newsletter through LinkedIn called Quick Confidence. And so we've been working on this together for several months and her audience has grown enormously from this newsletter. She gets a ton of new subscribers every week. She has these really rich conversations in the comments of people sharing their tips, asking her for more information. Consequently, she's been, her LinkedIn newsletter has been curated a couple of times in different LinkedIn roundups, which is in turn getting her more exposure. And all of this is helping build her base and bring in more speaking opportunities, more client contract opportunities, and more visibility for the next time she comes out with a book. So that's an example. And I love that because it's, it kind of hits on the fact that even those of us with a lot of experience and accolades can still experience some doubt around our ideas for our thought leadership. But when we kind of move, you know, you know, don't let that doubt derail us and we, and we proceed with the idea, it can have such a powerful impact on individuals, on our own business and audience growth, and just on the relationships that we're able to form. Beautiful. So in your days of running your business, what is your favorite quote that you go by? I will tell you my favorite quote that I go by is something that I heard from my 10th grade geometry teacher, Miss Jones, who would tell us when we had like a pop quiz or a test in geometry class, she would always say to us, she would tell us to trust ourselves. She would say, don't look at anybody else's answers, just trust yourself. And, you know, that advice was geared towards making sure we didn't cheat on our tests, but I thought it was, it really struck me as just so profound. These, those two words just to like live your life from a place of rather than looking left and right to see what other people are doing, to really go inwardly and trust yourself to find the right answers, to have the, the ability to know what you need to do at the right time. And so I think about that advice from Miss Jones pretty often. Well, she was right. Yes. <laughs> so where can our audience find you at? Yeah, well, I would love if, if listeners would want to connect with me on LinkedIn. I am the only Eva Janata with two N's and two T's on the whole of LinkedIn. And I am a practicing social media monogamist. So that's the best place to find me on social because I don't use the other networks. And you can also connect with me at five magneticpillars.com. That's the number five and then magnetic pillars spelled out. And that's an opportunity to get my free email course, which goes into more detail about the five pillars we talked over today. And writing is my love language. So if you get those emails from me and you hit reply and say, hello, I will receive your note. And I love connecting with people that way. So, so please reach out and say hello if you want to. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lucy. This has been really fun. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 